All right, well, hey, it's good to see you guys back. We were missing several students last week. It's like there was spring break or something. Or missions trip. Right? How many of you guys went to Mexico? Yeah, awesome. Hey, I have a question for you guys. In that you went to Mexico, did you get to meet this, the two students that we um, support by any chance? Uh, Chantal and Jose. <laughs> you met a lot of Jose's. Um, hey, so I, I, I just want to draw your attention, I guess. When we take our offering in the middle of our, of our music time, I want you guys to know and just remember, okay, be reminded of where this is going. We actually, um, the missions team that just went down to, to Mexico uh, went to uh, work with Isaiah 55 Deaf Ministries, okay? And we support two students down there. One's named Jose and one's name is Chantal. And um, so when you give, that's, that's where some of that money goes towards, okay? And then the other uh, thing that we support as a youth group is, uh, it's called One Verse, and it's all about Bible translation and sending people to translate the Bible into uh, native languages in places where it's never been translated before. And if you've been here long enough, uh, you know that we actually supported uh, a project to completion. Okay, the Rutara people, uh, they now have the, the, um, the Bible translated, or at least uh, it's, it's in, the, in the process of being completed so that they have the Bible in their uh, native language. And so you're giving towards uh, the furthering of the message of the gospel. You're giving towards um, God's ministry and kingdom work in other places. And so I just want to remind you that that's why we give. We don't we don't uh, just collect money here for no reason, okay? So and if you want to know more information about what you're giving to, okay, besides God, okay, or, or to see how it's going, um, there's that white wall right out there by where you sign in, that slat wall. It's got pictures of the two students that we support, and it has uh, sheets like this with information on um, the current uh, uh, people group that we are supporting through OneVerse, Okay. So I would encourage you guys to look at that information and, and write their names down and, and pray for these people during the week and pray that God takes the money that you give and uses that for his glory in those areas, all right? Okay. It's good. Okay, so last week um, there were many, many students gone, and so we decided instead of continuing in the series, we decided to just pause and have a, a little game night so that... Uh, that the majority of you weren't uh, uh, coming back this week behind a week, okay? And so uh, we're picking up where we left off two weeks ago. So I just want to recap real quick with you guys. Can anybody remember what we talked about two weeks ago in our Holy Spirit series? Anybody? Yeah, Maddie. Um, we talked about, well, I Mm-hmm. And they're understanding, right? The Holy Spirit gives the believer understanding, okay? And we talked about this. Um, that can an unbeliever read the Bible and understand certain things? Yes, right? Uh, but, but without the Holy Spirit, an unbeliever's understanding of God's word uh, won't move past his head to his heart, okay? The Holy Spirit reveals God's plan of salvation to those who believe. Unbelievers... Uh, they, can, they can read the Bible and they can understand that God sent Jesus 
to die on the cross, but the believer recognizes that Jesus died on the cross for him, okay, or her. Um, He's not just informed by the truth. He's persuaded by it. He's convinced by it. the, 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 in other words, the unbeliever gets this general understanding of God's word where the believer gets a saving understanding of God's word. And all that is through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? It affects his life down to his very soul and brings salvation to him. So if you want to know more about that, you can go back and listen to the podcast from a couple weeks ago. Um, if you have your note card there, it's at the, the address for that's at the bottom, Okay. So we'll be wrapping up this series next week, and, uh, and when we get finished, okay, um, we will by no means have covered every single detail about who the Holy Spirit is and what He does and all the different roles of the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not an exhaustive eight-week study, um, but hopefully, my hope is that in this series, through this series, okay, that this would be a starting point for you guys and, and us, too, as leaders, to grow in our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how he affects your life as a believer, okay? How many of you would say that uh, you have a better understanding of, now of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does uh, than you did at the beginning of the series? Good. That's good. Okay? If there's still things that confuse you, that's okay. I want you to know that. Okay? I don't expect everyone to get... And some of these things, it's still... Uh, uh, I, I'm applying these things to my life and learning and, and growing as I, as I study this too. And so um, I want you guys to know that it's okay if you don't come out of this knowing every single thing that we went through over the last eight weeks, okay? But I hope that stirs in you something to dig in and to learn and to go back and listen to the podcasts or invite your, your parents to study the, the word with you. Go back and reread some of the passages that we've talked about, okay? And uh, And... And dig in and study those things so that you can continue in your understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Especially if you're a believer because he's in you. He's in you. And so all the truths that you're reading about him and that you learn and you understand, those apply to you because he's in you. So I want to challenge you guys to continue to dig into that. Um, and, And if you have questions about anything as you go... Uh, come talk to one of the hype leaders. That's why we're here, all right? We want to help you know God better and, do, and to grow in your relationship with him. And so if you're wrestling with something, then by all means, when you come uh, during a week or shoot one of us a text or call us or something like that, okay? But invite us into that. We'd love to, to uh, explore that with you and, and walk through that with you. We'd love to help you work through whatever it is that you're wrestling with, okay? We love you guys, and we want, uh, we want you to grow. We want you to know and own your faith, in Christ, okay? So we're here for you. So originally, I titled tonight's message, um, He Comforts the Believer. And, uh, but the things that we'll cover tonight, I think, would be better summarized by saying that he strengthens and encourages the, the believer. We looked at chapter 14, John chapter 14 during this series, and in verses 16 and 17, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Now, the word helper comes from this Greek word parakletos. Everybody say parakletos, okay? And now I'm not Greek, and so I'm probably butchering that a little bit, but that's pretty close. This word parakletos means uh, one called alongside to help. And so besides helper, which is translated here in the NASB, uh, the word parakletos has also been translated as comforter, 
uh, advocate, intercessor, and counselor. And all of these are fitting definitions or descriptions, at least, of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, and in verse 16, Jesus says that God the Father will give the, the disciples another paraclete, another helper, okay? And the Greek word that's translated as the word another in this verse, in verse 16, it literally means another of the same kind. And so, in essence, what Jesus is saying is that he'll ask God the Father to send someone else who's exactly like him. So the Holy Spirit is not the first paraclete. The Holy Spirit's not the first helper, okay? It's Jesus. And, and so this means that the, the term parakletos, or, or paraclete, this is what we would say in English, can, can be applied to Jesus himself as well as the Holy Spirit. And that makes sense because of what we know about the, the Trinity, right? Even though God exists eternally as three distinct persons, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we also know that each person is fully God and there is only one God. And because the Holy Spirit is fully God, he shares all of the same attributes that God the Father and God the Son have. So that's why the term parakletos can, can be applied to both Jesus and the Holy Spirit in John 14, 6. And then a couple chapters later, in John 16, verse 7, Jesus says that unless he goes away, the other helper, or paraclete, won't come. But it's important to understand that just because Jesus, uh, just because we now have the Holy Spirit, excuse me, that doesn't mean that Jesus is no longer actively working in our lives, okay, or in the lives of the church. As we talked about in week two, well, all the way back in week two, the Holy Spirit acts as a substitute for Christ's physical presence. He doesn't act as a substitute for Christ's spiritual presence in our lives. In fact, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, after Jesus has already risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, Paul refers to the work of Christ along with God the Father in comforting the church in Thessalonica. Listen to what he says in verses 16 and 17. He says, Now may, the Lord, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. So I would also encourage you guys to look at 2 Corinthians, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 this week for further reading on how this attribute as comforter is applied to uh, not just the Holy Spirit, but God the Father and God the Son. Acts 9.31 says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. So we see that the, the, the comforter, it applies to the Holy Spirit, it applies to Jesus himself and God the Father, okay? Uh, and so tonight, I want to talk about, I don't want to just focus in on the Holy Spirit as comforter. I want to talk about a few other things that the Holy Spirit does that I believe serves to strengthen and encourage every believer. And all these things are manifestations of the attributes of God through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. For example, Romans 15, 13. Okay, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all uh, joy and peace in believing. Okay, the NIV says, as you trust in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God is the God of hope. It says it right there. May the God of hope fill you. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, we can also abound in hope. What does it mean to abound in something? Anybody know? To be full of it, right? Like full, full, extra full to overflowing, okay? The NIV actually says that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So what does that mean then for the believer? If you're a follower of Christ in here, have you ever gone through a trial or something um, that, that was emotionally tough in your life and yet you find yourself encouraged in the midst of it or having peace in the midst of it? Anybody relate to that? Okay. That encouragement, that encouragement does not come from somewhere deep down inside of you. Okay? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the, excuse me, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Because we as believers have been justified by our faith in Christ through his death and resurrection, and because we've been given the Holy Spirit to dwell inside us, we can look at our trials in a different light than the rest of the world. Okay, we know that we don't walk through trials alone. We're, we're covered in the grace of God, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of the faithful love of God in our lives. And so we're encouraged, and then we're strengthened as we go through those trials because we know that God himself is walking with us in those. Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that comfort you as a believer? Isn't it encouraging to know that God's love has been poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit, to know that his love for you can never be overcome by anything else? Okay, listen to this promise in Romans 8, 35 through 39. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you convinced of that tonight? Are you convinced of that? If you're a believer in here, do you believe that? I hope you are, and I hope, you, I hope you're convinced of that because it's true for every believer in this room and every believer everywhere. That is true. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. If you're a believer in Christ. And so doesn't that truth then give you strength as you face uncertainty or painful situations? I hope that you rely on truths like that for strength and that those things encourage you. Okay? So much so that you can even get to the point of rejoicing over the fact that you're going through something so tough because, like it says, you have the hope that God will ultimately be glorified in it. You have hope in the glory of God says as a believer you have the holy spirit in you and if there's one thing that the holy spirit is extremely passionate about and does extremely well it's glorifying god in everything so he will help you do that as you go through these kinds of trials one of the hardest trials that we can face in this life i think is the death of a loved one okay but even in that we can have hope as believers in christ first thessalonians 4 13 and 14 says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. It's talking about people who've died. That you may not grieve as others do who have no what? Hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, 
Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who've fallen asleep. We can be certain, we can be certain that because God raised Jesus from the grave, that he'll do the same with everyone who's put their faith and their trust in him. So as believers then, we have hope that we will see our loved ones again if they've put their faith in Christ and they've, and they've uh, passed away. We grieve, we grieve at the temporary loss of their presence here on earth, but we have hope in the resurrection. And so we rejoice in uh, the fact that not only they will be raised from uh, the dead into eternal life, but so will we and we'll spend eternity together worshiping our Savior, Jesus Christ. Galatians 5, 5 says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Because of our belief in Christ's death and resurrection, and the faith that we have in Him alone to save us, the Holy Spirit whom He's given to us gives us strength to endure the current hardships and the encouragement of knowing that this isn't the end for us. We have the hope in the promise of something greater, okay? It's, and that, that thing is entering the kingdom of God, eternity in the kingdom of God with our fellow believers. One of the hardest things that I've had to go through personally is the death in recent years is the death of, of both of my grandparents on my dad's side, okay? My dad's mom and dad. Uh, they were a major, major influence on my life growing up. Um, I saw their faith lived out, Okay? Uh, Jesus was their life. He wasn't a side note. Um, is Jesus a side note for you? Or is he your life? I want you to think about that. Okay? My grandpa, he died first. That was back in 2008. And I remember feeling this uneasy feeling at first uh, during the visitation and kind of like, man, I really don't want to look at him in, in the casket because that's not how I want to remember him. And, uh, and I remember just... Uh, kind of wrestling back and forth with that. And finally, you know, I, I decided to just walk up and, and look at him. And, and this, 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 my heart settled in that moment, okay? Um, I remember walking up to the casket and looking at him and, and just suddenly feeling this overwhelming sense of hope because uh, I knew that it was just an empty body lying there. And I don't know how, I don't want to try and get gruesome or anything, but I don't know uh, how familiar you are with, uh, with looking at somebody in a casket, but, but man, they, they just like, look like a wax kind of mannequin. There's no life left in them. And I knew that my grandpa w- uh, was a believer, and I knew that he had put his faith in Christ, and I knew that he, was, uh, he wasn't dead. He was alive in Christ. And so uh, for me, that was almost a better thing to look at his body and to realize that that's not him anymore. He's not there. He is in, in eternity with Jesus. And it gave me hope because I knew that, um, that I would see him again. And I still have that hope, and I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that day, okay? And then my grandma died two years later, and the same thing happened. I didn't really have to wrestle this time. I just kind of went up there, and I looked at her, and I, I just knew. I knew that that wasn't her anymore. I knew that her body was there, but her soul was in heaven with Jesus, Okay? alive and well in the presence of Christ. And I'd be lying to you if I, to, if I told you that there weren't still times that, um, that my heart ached, that, that I hurt, and that I missed them deeply. 
hey, my grandpa's birthday is in January. My birthday's coming up in a couple weeks, and, uh, you know, my grandma's birthday is July 4th, and so every time we do fireworks and things like that, and we get together for family events and stuff, we talk about them and have these memories, and we laugh, and then sometimes our heart just aches, okay? Uh, my second son is about to be born in a couple weeks, and, and, um, uh, my grandpa and my grandma only got to meet Josie, my daughter, when she was five months old. My grandpa died. Okay, she's going to be turning six in May. And so uh, they didn't get to see the, the two sons now that I have that will carry on the Johnson name. And so part of me sometimes wishes that they could see that. But, but guess what? I have hope because my grandma and my grandpa loved Jesus and they served him with their life that they are spending eternity with him. And I also have hope that because I pray for my kids, that, that the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts and that they will come to a saving faith in Christ. And guess what? They will get to meet someday in eternity. I have hope. If you haven't put your hope and faith in Christ alone, can I ask you, where is your hope? Where is your hope? According to 1 Thessalonians 4, you have none without Jesus. So turn to the God of hope. Romans 15, 13. Put your faith in Christ. Trust in his death and resurrection. And you too can abound in hope. You can be filled overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 talks about abounding in hope through the Holy Spirit. But it also talks about God filling us with joy and peace. And these two things, they're also manifested in us through the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. In and of ourselves, we are incapable of having lasting joy and peace and hope. But Galatians 5 tells us that joy and peace are fruits uh, that are produced in us through the Holy Spirit. And they're, they're, they're the fruits of the Spirit's work in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit to manifest those things in us, we'll let our circumstances dictate our emotions and our attitudes, and we'll be tossed around like a small boat uh, in a stormy sea. But Hebrews 6 tells us that hope serves as an anchor for our souls. And in that hope, then, we can be greatly encouraged. Listen, the more I understand, and for me, I'll tell you guys, that, that as we've been going through this and as I've studied uh, for this series, the more I, uh, my own heart is encouraged and strengthened by what I'm uh, coming to understand about the Holy Spirit, okay? And the more, the, the more I understand the reality of the Spirit's presence and work in my life, the more I'm strengthened and encouraged in my relationship with God. And I hope that you are too. And if you don't have a relationship with God, I hope that the whole, uh, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is, is working on your heart and that he's convicting your heart and, and revealing these truths to you in a way that's going to uh, uh, get you to surrender to God as God the Father, as he draws him, uh, you to himself. One of the greatest ways the Spirit strengthens and encourages us as believers is by giving us assurance that we are indeed God's children. When Jesus is talking to the 12 disciples about sending the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, he says this, 
verses 18 through 21. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he's the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. 1 John 3.24 says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom whom he has given us. Those who have the Holy Spirit will love God and obey him, and they will also be loved by God as his children. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and the fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we, might, we may also be glorified with him. The Holy Spirit not only reminds us as believers that we are God's children, but he also reminds us that God himself abides in us. Now, I don't know that I can think of some, uh, anything that's more encouraging or strengthening to my faith than that. Galatians 4, 6 and, 6 and 7 says, Because you are sons... God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a child and an heir to His kingdom. Isn't that enough to give us peace and joy and hope in the the midst of any kind of suffering that we may face in this life? Doesn't that help you see the, the, the temporariness of this life, right? The things that we go through, it's temporary. If you're a believer in Christ, you, are an, you have an inheritance in the kingdom of God waiting for you. And you've been given uh, 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 the spirit of God as a seal, as a promise of what's waiting for you. Through the Holy Spirit, we've received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters of God. And that's going to lead to an intimacy with the Father so that we're able to call him Abba, which means Father, dear Father. Okay, It, it reflects an, a deep intimacy uh, that a father has with his children and children have with their father. Okay, Father, dear Father, this deep love shared between the two of them. Romans 8 contrasts that relationship. Uh, with a relationship based on uh, fear and slavery, okay, according to the law, trying to fulfill all the law to get to God. Galatians uh, 4 also talks about that, or 3. After you take a look at 2 Corinthians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, for further reading this week, I'd encourage you to read all of Romans 8 as well, okay? Read that, and, and we even talked about verses 38 and 39 tonight, Okay? about how the love of God cannot be separated from us. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. If you remember nothing else tonight, remember this. The Holy Spirit plays a vital role in strengthening and encouraging the life of a believer. He comforts us. He gives us hope. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. And he gives us assurance that we are children of God.
these truths are available to you as a believer in Christ. If you're not a believer in Christ, then these truths can be available to you. And they're made available to you through Jesus' death and resurrection. Okay? They become true for you when you believe in Jesus Christ and when you trust in his finished work on the cross for your salvation. Now, I don't know how anyone can make it through this life alone, and, and no one on earth can strengthen us and encourage us and give us hope the way that the Holy Spirit can. And so I'm, I'm asking you tonight, if, you, if you're not a believer in here and you've been coming for this entire series, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And my, my prayer is that, is that the Spirit is convicting your heart, that God is drawing you to himself, and that you'll surrender and put your hope in Christ. Believe in the work that he's done for you. Receive the grace of God as a gift. And put your trust in him. Man, I just don't know how else you can live life. You can't. There's no hope outside of Christ. And so if you want to talk more about that, again, our leaders are available, um, and we can, we can pull one of them aside after we pray tonight to close uh, or, um, or talk to us this week, okay? But, but don't just keep waiting because you might not have a chance this time tomorrow. We just don't know. But those of us who have hope in Christ, that doesn't matter, does it? Our life could end tonight, right now. When you walk out of this place, and if you have hope in Christ, then you know where you're going. Just spend eternity, bless you. Just spend eternity with your Savior. But if you don't have hope, if you don't know Christ, man, put your trust in Him, put your faith in Him, and get the hope of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you give the Holy Spirit to every believer. And thank you that you, uh, you give us the gift of faith. You give us the gift to believe in you. It's by your grace alone that we're saved. And I pray, God, that your grace would be poured out on every uh, person in here tonight. Those that don't believe in you, God, I pray that you would gift them that grace and the ability to put their trust in you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict their hearts. And I pray that... God, Father, that you would draw them to yourself and that Jesus, that you and the finished work that you did on the cross, that that would be uh, uh, just made real to them tonight. And I pray, God, that as we uh, begin to wrap up this series, as we close it next week, that um, your Holy Spirit would, would just remind us that you are continually at work in us and that because the series ends, that doesn't mean that you quit working. That doesn't mean that we quit learning and understanding more about you and being encouraged and strengthened by you. And so I pray that you would continue to do that work in us that only you can do. We give you glory, God, and, and we seek uh, to do that on a daily basis in our lives. And I pray that through the Holy Spirit and his power that you would enable us to do that. And it's for your name that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.